A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Saturday, March 11. Who needs an alarm clock when you've got the farm, babe? Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. Well, if you're waking up this morning wondering where all the snow is, hang on, it's coming. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Glad to be along with you on a Thursday morning. So winter storm warning south and east of Dane County. Basically all day today, a winter weather advisory for Dane County and areas to the north and west all of today. Forecast is telling me that we could see snow accumulations by tonight less than an inch north of Wisconsin Dells, one to three inches north of Madison, three to six inches or more south and east of Madison. Daytime temperatures today only around 28 degrees. We'll get more specifics on that weather detail when Stumacher Ag Meteorologist joins us. Ryan Yonkman, Vice President of uh, EverAg, is going to be stepping to the microphone today, focused in on all things dairy. We had a global dairy auction that was a little softer than we expected this week, and we're also going to be focusing in on what's happening as far as product development. Stick around for that. Let's face it, this is the time of the year when things are a little on the dull side. Our weather's a little dull, our colors are definitely dull. But if you're looking to liven things up at mealtime, well, look no further than Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew. Easy to shop face-to-face Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg, or always open online, BavariaSausage.com. And I'll tell you what, if you're a foodie and you want to liven up your mealtime, liven up when you're entertaining, boy, they've got great suggestions you're probably not even thinking about at Bavaria Sausage. Pickles and pickled vegetables, herring, fish, caviar. They've also got all kinds of snack foods, cookies, and crackers. Just take a look at the list and start shopping. Again, BavariaSausage.com, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or face-to-face Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg. And do me a favor, tell them the farm babe sent you. Pennsylvania may claim the title of top mushroom-producing state, but Wisconsin can claim a few mushroom growers as well. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. I talked with Jennifer Brown. She is the general manager at River Valley Ranch. She taught me more about this unique crop and how they are using some really interesting ways to market their products. Jennifer, tell me about River Valley Ranch and the history there. We're a mushroom farm. We're just at the Illinois border. We're a nice distance between Chicago and Kenosha. We're in a little town called Slade's Corners, which is unincorporated. So if anyone looks us up, it's actually Burlington, Wisconsin. The farm has been in operation since 1976. Originally where the owner, his parents, I should say, began the farm was in a floodplain down by the Fox River. And the state actually moved us up to where we're now located in the mid-80s. Been in operation since 76 and been where we're at since mid-80s. You are the first mushroom farmer I have ever talked to, and I would bet most of our listeners haven't ever talked to a mushroom farmer either. So let's start with the basics. Tell me about the mushrooms you grow on the farm. We grow all the agaricus species, which would be the standard white criminium portabella that you see in grocery stores. We also do, on a smaller scale, we grow oyster mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms, lion's mane mushrooms, and king oyster. Do you sell direct to consumers or more to stores and restaurants? both. Um, We actually have a retail store on site, 
so we're open year-round. So in the winter, a good majority goes straight through our retail sales here on the farm. But year-round, we sell to some local grocery stores. Pick and Save right in Lake Geneva is one of them. We also, though, sell to stores and restaurants in Chicago and in Milwaukee. I want to say probably about 40 different locations between Chicago and Milwaukee. We have a lot of local that come just to pick up. A lot, lot of local businesses come to pick up from us. And uh, in the summer, and even now, we winter farmers markets are actually just becoming a little more popular over the past few years. But in the summer, we're at roughly 30 different markets a week. I was looking around on your website, and you guys have tried out a lot of interesting ways to sell your mushrooms, including having your own restaurant. Yeah, that is now closed down. Um, uh, yes, for several years we tried to make it was a restaurant retail store in Chicago. We did keep the home delivery service open, mainly because we have a Chicago warehouse for all of our Chicago markets and our Chicago deliveries. So they're able to keep the home delivery service open for anyone that, that missed the store there. Give me an idea of the scale of your farm. What's the ballpark on how many pounds of mushrooms you produce each week? If we're doing everything correctly, we should be harvesting about 15,000 pounds of mushrooms a week. Tell me more about what the setup for growing all of those mushrooms looks like. So we do have, uh, it's a pretty, I wouldn't say large facility compared to most, but um, we grow on about 32,000 square feet now. Um, And yeah, it is, it's a main barn. And then off the barn, we have Quonset huts. So um, kind of like a, a greenhouse-looking structures jutting off of the building, um, but it's all enclosed. It's all covered with steel. We have six houses we grow in, um, and then we have a shiitake room. Is that because you have to keep the shiitake mushrooms separated because they'll spread spores around? A little bit, but more so because the oyster um, is actually the bigger culprit, um, mm-hmm. and so we have to keep we keep our shiitake separate from our oyster, really due to the oyster. They do release a lot of spores. As a mushroom lover, I have always had a question on the food safety side of things. Being that mushrooms are grown in compost, what do you have to do on your end to make sure there's no contamination from bacteria? We do all of our own composting here, um, and we're actually also kind of leads into this. We're certified by MOZA, Midwest mm-hmm. Organic um, yeah. Sustainability. But we, yeah, we have our own guidelines for composting as well as we have to follow their guidelines and buy in from three to four local horse stables. We buy in all their bedding, and we have a pretty complex process. It's an easy process, yet complex at the same time. We actually, you know, we have to really watch our temperatures. You know, we have to make sure we're hitting 170 degrees in order to cook out any contaminant. And on top of that, we also have a pasteurization tunnel that we we built actually just maybe five to six years ago. I'm trying to remember when we completed it. Um, But once our compost is um, at the stage we need it at, or I should say the mushrooms need it at, uh, it gets moved into our pasteurization tunnel. And that also finishes off the compost. It regulates the heat in there because, you know, obviously we're killing off any, any bad microbes with our heat process, but also we don't want to kill off all the microbes because there are some the mushrooms need to feed on. Yeah, all that whole process with the heat, watching our heating and and going through pasteurization tunnel makes it a safe product to grow and harvest and eat from now. So are all of your mushrooms sold under organic certification? They're all grown certified organic. We we find, you know, not as many people are particular about whether or not they're organic. Um, 
So it seems kind of silly, but we do have two price points for our wholesale customers just so we can get into more grocery stores. But yeah, everything we grow is organic. Not everything sold is labeled as organic, but it's all processed the same. Pennsylvania is the number one mushroom state by far, but where does Wisconsin rank? Pretty sure it's maybe half a percent, (laughs) if if even that. So we're not a big player. I don't know of really any other agaricus. I mean, I'm I'm speaking more from the the agaricus, so the white criminy and portobello side of things. Um, We're not really that big of an exotic grower, so I'm more familiar with all, all of the agaricus growers, and there's few to none in this area for sure. So there are a lot of mushroom growers in the east, but are there more in other parts of the country? I'm not 100% sure. I know when I've gone out like like to California, I know there are some growers out that way. Again, a lot of what I was seeing, though, is more of the exotic. And when I say I, I consider shiitake an oyster exotic, like I said, just because we're white criminy portobello based, I always consider everything else kind of exotic. I think most people at the grocery store would probably think of those as exotic as well. We've come a long way from just your standard white mushroom, but customers are looking for those more unusual types of mushrooms now. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know, you know, there's a lot, even at farmer's markets we go to now, there's a lot more small vendors who are growing exotics at home maybe and bringing them. So we're seeing a lot more of that, a lot more of those exotic varieties popping up at farmer's markets from other people, but that's not our standard, not our standard crop. Canada is now becoming a big agaricus importer. I've seen more and more people interested in growing their own mushrooms. There's a lot of places online that sell kits or logs for people to try their hand at mushroom farming. You guys even sell kits too, right? Yeah, and those are easier. I mean, you know, you can buy the block, you can buy the log for all those exotics and do it at home or do it in a really small facility where the agaricus mushrooms, you have to have a manure-based substrate. You know, they, they need, it's actually the straw, I should say. They just have such a specific, more of a specific requirement, I guess, that it's just a lot more difficult for people to grow the agaricus at home than it is for the exotic. Like I said, you can buy blocks and logs right off the internet for those and grow them. So when people think of a crop, they think of putting seeds in the ground and watching something grow from it. But that's not how it works for mushrooms because you need spores rather than seeds. So tell me, where do you get those spores and what does the actual planting, for the lack of a better term, look like? Out in Pennsylvania, they have at least three to four that I'm aware of facilities that all they do is produce and sell spawn because it has to be like so sterile. Any contaminant can get into the the spawn and um, you might not be growing exactly what you bought. So yeah, we buy we buy from a place called Amicel and we buy their spawn for our crop. So, um, they grow the spores on a, uh, it's a granule of grain and they start to inoculate that with the spawn and then it goes into a big vacuum sealed bag and shipped out and once it come in contact with the correct environment, air temperature, moisture level, all that good stuff, then it, it starts to grow in our compost after we mix it in. So you do kind of plant mushroom seeds then. Tell me about what the growing rooms look like. We typically in one growing room, uh, we try to get in 160 trays and they're 21 square feet each. So, you know, each crop roughly has 3,500 square feet of growing space if we fill it all the way. That was Jennifer Brown. She is the general manager at River Valley Ranch, a mushroom farm near the state line. You can check out their website and learn more about how mushrooms are grown here in Wisconsin at rvrvalley.com. From the southern end of the Longest Barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center, with a get or fix, get or done, to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. If you combine pajamas and rubber boots to check on the barn, we welcome you. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, if you were expecting that those boots were going to get a workout, uh, they may, but probably later today. Let's talk weather now. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us for a good, solid conversation on what is and isn't happening out there. I know that, uh, the you know, Early forecasts were that we were going to start seeing snow come in at about 3 a.m. around the Madison area. You know, so far, just looking out the studio window right now, I don't see anything, Stu. What's percolating out there? Well, there is snow out there, Pam. I mean, it extends from the southeast half of Nebraska into western, southern, eastern parts of Iowa and just down on the Wisconsin-Illinois border. Uh, Green and Rock County seeing a little bit of that snow now this morning, extending back to southeast Lafayette County. But uh, not much more than that. There could be a band of flurries just south of Boston as well, just not amounting to much this early in the morning. But the activity that spreads on into Iowa and Kansas and Nebraska, well, that's going to push up here today as well. Low pressure is traveling a little further south than we may have anticipated. It's down in southern Missouri this morning, and we'll head through southern Illinois on into Indiana by late in the day. But that band of precipitation will push up from the southwest, and it indeed will bring snow, especially into southeast Wisconsin. Now, things have changed a bit. Winter weather advisories in store, in store. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for Madison, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. for Beaver Dam and Fond du Lac. The winter storm warning is just to the south and includes Lafayette, Green Rock, Jefferson, 
and Washington and Ozaukee County and right down into the Milwaukee County area, Racine, Kenosha, Northeast Illinois as well. That's the winter storm warning where weather will be stronger and there'll be more snow. We may not see the amount of snow we talked about yesterday, but there's still going to be some snow today, especially in southeast Wisconsin, and it's probably going to be on that wet side, so kind of sloppy, wintry conditions around. La Crosse and Mauston, you're unfortunately going to kind of miss out. Well, unfortunately, depending how you look at it, I don't expect much some very light snow, some flurry activity. That's about the extent of it, but it gets colder as this all builds on in. Temperatures today stay cooler than we've seen for quite a while again. So we have a cooler day in tonight and tomorrow as well. And then we'll have moderation starting to turn it right around. So in the weekend, we look for those temps to be back into the upper 30s, even some low 40s. So the new snow we see may not be around for a long time, going to be melted off pretty quick as that mild air edges in. Well, that's all right, too. Helps to clean up sidewalks and, and driveways and things like that. And the roads, number one, as some sun and that more mild air enters in, it's going to seem a lot nicer again as we make our way through the weekend. Another chance of some snow? Yeah, I think it's going to hold off a little till later Monday into Tuesday, but there could be some rain or snow around by that time as well. I'll have forecast details right after this. I grew up around animals. When I went to help a neighbor milking cows, it's when I realized there was a whole other aspect of being a veterinarian. And the dairy cows, I just kind of fell in love with them as an animal the neatest animal on earth, so to speak. I really want them to be the best functioning animal that they can be. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is the direction that the world is going. I know our customers really have to look at the bottom dollar. This needs to financially make sense, but this is one of those rare things that really it's not just nice for your wallet, but it's also nice for the planet and for the earth. And uh, it's pretty fun to be part of it. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Alrighty, Stu. So we're trying to get a grip on things. I said to Stu before we got on the air, I looked at the school closings this morning and man, oh man, there is a slug of them. Now this forecast sounds like it might be egg on some administrator's face if it doesn't start showing up here pretty quick. Well, and it will start to show up. I mean, the snow may not be moving in much just across the Illinois border at this point, but it will spread and expand further north and northeast. We can count on that for today. Again, the winter weather advisory for Dane County, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. That winter weather advisory for Dodge and Fond du Lac County, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And the winter storm watch from Lafayette, Green Rock, Jefferson, Washington, Ozaukee County, and all those to the southeast for the morning as well. For the day, I expect cloudy skies. In the east and south, snow and some blowing snow. It develops this morning, first at Madison in the next couple of hours, and then spreads further east and northeast. Temps today in the upper 20s. Not too bad. The north winds 15 to 30. Any snow ends tonight. Lacrosse and Austin, maybe that light snow we see, that all ends. We cool off and drop down to about 10 or even a few single digits around the north winds, 5 to 15. Skies become mostly sunny Friday. Still kind of cool and chilly. Oh, mid-20s with the north winds at 5 to 10 and 15 becoming southwest later in the day. And mostly sunny for Saturday. Closer to 40s, some upper 30s, low 40s. Southwest winds, 5 to 15. Madison, Pam, I'd say you're up for about 2 to 4 inches.
inches, probably one to three Beaver Dam, maybe an inch or two at Fond du Lac. Uh, heading down further toward Racine and Kenosha, yeah, could be upwards of uh, four or eight inches of wet slop there. Oh, cheapers. All right. Well, we'll see what comes and discuss it again tomorrow. All right? Sounds like a plan. Dandy, buddy. Thanks. Stu Mockar, Ag Meteorologist, keeping us up to date on those weather details. And like he said, uh, even though you may not see it now, if you have uh, travel plans especially that are going to take you to uh, southeast Wisconsin, then you might want to exercise caution, give yourself a little extra time, that's for sure. We've got plenty of time to talk this morning with our friend Ryan Yonkman from Everag. He's our guest coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The policy development process for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau benefits farmers because if you have an issue, you can bring that forward and it's a grassroots organization. You vote on it at your county, district, and then it eventually goes to the state level and policy could be developed on the issue that you have. WFBF.com. Let's solve your issue. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. We all get hit by the storms of life. I had noticed my legs were swelling, and we went to Maine Medical Hospital, and they said, oh, Mr. Conquest, can you get up for your MRI? And I remember pushing up off the bed, and I fell. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later, and I was paralyzed. It was a pretty low point to not be able to do the things that I love to do. PBA was there the first day. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. PVA has brought me back to life. I've fallen a few times and PVA is like, get up. We just keep getting up. To learn more, go to pva.org today. When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's Jeweler. Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com, over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers Emsculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. Emsculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. 
At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Iuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org slash join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. I, I don't I don't care what anyone does with their body, so it's like whatever you want to do, do. But the fact that like you don't know, vilify Aaron Rodgers for literally anything now, like this the smear campaign of literally anything is so outlandish. It and that happens to just more than Rodgers. It's just it's just sickening. It's ridiculous. You know? Well, part of the problem there too, Ebo, is is the is local beat writers. It's very heavy leaning one way. And ever since the whole vaccine thing, my, there's been a lot of Rogers bashing, not just nationally, but locally. It's, it's just, um, it's crazy the vitriol for someone that literally just, you know, answers some questions and lives his life. It's, it's, it's insane to me. It's wild. Anyways. And Gavin, I, I hear you, brother. I do. You talk about the Rogers and the posturing. I was talking with Ebo off air and I have kind of a theory on where I think it is. And it, it's pretty much kind of, I think you know where it's at with the posture. I think it probably falls pretty close to that. I hear you, Nelly. It, it almost feels like there was like an agreement under the table between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers when he was playing well. It's like, all right, we're going to go all in. We're going to try and win in 2020, 2021, 2022, and then we're going to reevaluate. And this looks like the pivot year in the contract where if you're going to make the move, you're going to make the move. And to me, it feels like the organization isn't a hundred percent sold on Jordan love. And they're kind of like, well, you know, 90% of us thinks we should move on. And this is the time in the contract where we had to make that pivot and want to move on. Mm-hmm. But 10% of us is like, I don't know if Jordan love is really the guy that that's going to make us look decent or good. If we do move on from Rogers, because I'm still under the belief that probably this next year and the year after, even if, Jordan Love is a top half quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the better option if you're looking to win games. Oh, for sure. For the next at least year or two. Mm -hmm. But then I think on the other end, you have you listen to some of Aaron Rodgers' comments, 
and you hear him go back and forth and say some of the kind of the lines that he says to Pat McAfee on that show and you kind of take it in and you're like, well, it feels like Aaron Rodgers was under the impression that he did have a chance to win a Super Bowl these last few years. This next year, not really sure. Again, mm-hmm. if I had to peg them in this window, I think this upcoming year would be the absolute last year that they would have a, a real shot at winning a Super Bowl. And yeah. I don't think those odds are great. Yeah. Because after this year, you're going to really have to start cutting good players to continue to kick these contracts down the road. Yeah. And it, you're just going to be so much worse than what you are. So I almost feel like when you hear the comment from Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, you know, I can still win an MVP and I think I can still win a Super Bowl in the right situation. I think he knows that Green Bay is starting to become one of those situations where it's going to get harder and harder to win. Yeah. So maybe he is thinking about moving on and like the New York Jets or insert another team is a better situation, but he's not 100% sure either. That's why he's going to do his little darkness retreat or whatever. (laughs) So now you have both opposing parties that are both 90% of the way saying, I think I'm best off going to insert another team and 90% of the way saying we think we're best off with Jordan love, but we're both not a hundred percent sure. And now the posturing comes in where each one is going to say this and going to say that no one wants to be the bad guy. And nobody wants to lose the public perception of the fans, because if the Packers all of a sudden come out and say, all right, we're done with Aaron Rodgers," and then love flops. They're the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. If Aaron Rodgers comes out and says, all right, They're I'm done chicken? with the Packers. I can't win a Super Bowl here. I need to change it up. He becomes the Brett Favre that everyone hated. He becomes the one the fans hate. The, the I think he might be already there. And, and the quarterback are both a lot of posturing because neither wants to be the one to force their way off of the other yeah. because of the fans and how it I, is I a, think, a deadlock type thing. I think right now the Packers are winning the PR battle for the most for the majority. But I would go back to what, what Gavin said, and if this COVID and vaccine thing were never a thing, I really don't I really don't think that yeah. Aaron Rodgers is, and then, as, is, is as a... And then, when they tried to paint Joe Rogan as a big time villain as well, uh, Rogers went he's on not there. A villain, I Rogers went on there, agree. and then all of a sudden people are like, "Well, he's uh, he's lining with him now. He's a villain too. It's all one big side." If, if the vaccine stuff never came out or there was no COVID, he wouldn't be the villain here. They would have just came up short. I don't think the PR is on the team side. It's yeah. def- it would definitely be on Rogers. But because of that, now you really are split like fifty yeah. fifty. Yeah. And I I really Which do is sad think for you know, both sides are posturing, even though both sides are probably leaning the same way but don't want to be the one to come out and say you know what i think it's time for for a change if you've ever driven a tractor you're her friend this is the farm report with pam yonke well some plow driving folks out there no doubt beginning later this morning and through the day we have got winter storm warnings in effect for basically areas south and east of dane county winter weather advisory for those areas uh, that are north and west of dane county Looks like we'll see somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, less than an inch of snow north of Wisconsin Dells, one to three north of Madison, and three to six or more south and east of Madison. I was just looking at the school closings this morning, and that's kind of where they're falling is uh, to the southeast of Madison, definitely south of Madison into Rock County, as well as some areas of southwest Wisconsin calling it quits before the storm rolls in. Our daytime highs today not expected to be much better than about 27 degrees, and the wind chills are going to take us uh, probably zero and lower 
through the course of today. I'm P.M. Yonke, by the way. Thanks so much for checking in. Glad to have you along with us. We're checking in with Ryan Yonkman from Everag in just a little bit. Uh, global dairy trade uh, was a little bit softer this week than what we'd been expecting. Ryan's going to talk about that and a bunch more. So today is the 16th day of February. On this day, back in 1923, the burial chamber of Tut Uncommon is found. Howard Carter discovered the archaeology treasure and uh, is basically known around the world because of it today. So anything you're noting in museums or otherwise from the Pharaoh Tut Uncommon was discovered on this day back in 1923. Happy birthday to uh, rapper, musician Ice-T. He is 65, and I guess maybe the fifth time is a charm. On this day in 2021, actor Nicolas Cage married for the fifth time to Rico Shibata. He did it in Las Vegas, and I guess maybe the good news is they're still married today, for right now anyhow, and now you know. Well, reaction came quickly last evening to the governor's announcement on his budget and agriculture generally giving it the thumbs up. From the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, John Umhafer says he was glad to see that Governor Evers' proposal included $2 million for the Wisconsin Initiative for Agricultural Exports. That's something that started December of 2021 and is designed to support dairy, crop, and meat sales overseas. So the cheesemakers focusing in on that. The Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation said that the Ag Coalition, that group of agricultural groups, commodity organizations, happy to see that the governor's included funding for things like producer-led watershed groups across the state, more funding to incentivize, incentivize practices to protect natural resources. Funding stays in play for support to the Dairy Processor Grant Program. Those agricultural exports, again, getting financial support. Uh, funding for agriculture's non-point source pollution program, as well as farmland preservation, just a few of the items cited by Kevin Krenz, president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, on behalf of the Ag Coalition. We're not just watching what's happening here in Wisconsin. We're also keeping an eye on the national scene. Tyler Wensloff is the director of national policy for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. He says right now, a lot of conversations flowing towards the 2023 Farm Bill. And he said, although we call it a Farm Bill, in reality, a lot of the money that they're talking about in D.C. goes towards food. Everyone calls it the Farm Bill, but it's, it's kind of a misnomer. A lot of that money goes to the SNAP programs and the food programs. Um, we've had members in the past that would like to have that renamed, but um, you know, there's this misconception that farmers get all this kind of money from the Farm Bill. We're looking at $1.1 trillion. First time we're going to have a, a trillion dollar Farm Bill. And most of that money, 80% of that, goes to food programs. Um, the rest of it, a lot of it goes to conservation programs, other mandatory spending programs. Tyler Wensloff, he is the Director of National Affairs with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. He also notes that when it comes to the Farm Bill, remember, we have a split Congress, Republican House, Democratic Senate. He said that could make it very tricky to try to get the Farm Bill done in 2023, but they're at work on it right now. Well, work turned into romance for one farmer in Indiana. It might be a little after Valentine's Day, but it's a story worth sharing. We'll do that next. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. 
this is the direction that the world is going. I know our customers really have to look at the bottom dollar. This needs to financially make sense, but this is one of those rare things that really it's not just nice for your wallet, but it's also nice for the planet and for the earth. And uh, it's pretty fun to be part of it. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. I grew up around animals. When I went to help a neighbor milking cows, it's when I realized there was a whole other aspect of being a veterinarian. And the dairy cows, I just kind of fell in love with them as an animal, the neatest animal on earth, so to speak. I really want them to be the best functioning animal that they can be. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. We're talking dairy with Ryan Yonkman from Everag in just a moment. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped a penny and three quarters to 153 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese was down a penny at 188. Double A butter, three and three quarters cents lower, 242 a pound. This morning in Chicago, all of our commodities are trading a little bit lower. December corn down a penny right now at 594. November beans are down three at 1372. July wheat's down a penny, 784 bushel. March milk still unchanged at 1766 a hundredweight. April milk closed nine cents lower at 1785 a hundredweight. Taking a quick look around uh, the state as far as livestock's concerned, for the equity sales barn locations, beef cattle have been trading from 133 to 156 per pound. Uh, Holstein steers, 110 to 139. Market cows, 60 to 82 cents a pound. The Holstein bull calves, as far as the equity locations are concerned, $210 per animal and down. Heifers, $35 and down. Beef calves, $390 and down. Just to give you a little perspective on that. Well, perspective, it's exactly what you have to think about wherever you are. You can find romance, for example, anywhere. And that's exactly what happened to one Indiana farmer at his John Deere dealership. I was going for parts, and and she was working there, and we made connections. And that's Rob Dove, who says his wife Karen first caught his eye back in 1986 when she was working for the John Deere dealership in Newberry, Indiana. Karen was behind the counter doing book work and things like that. And uh, it's just one of those deals where I was kind of scared, I guess, to ask her out, but I did get up the nerve and we started dating, but it fell together that way. Karen says Rob got some help from some of his friends who worked with her at the dealership. Well, there were two salesmen working there and I wasn't dating anybody and he wasn't dating anybody, so they talked him into asking me out. He came to my parents' house and picked me up and we Went to Bloomfield, Indiana to a drive-in movie. Then he told me the story about it was a terrible time to start dating somebody because of planting season. I told her at the time that it was probably a really bad time for me to be even thinking about dating anyone just because it was time to plant. And uh, I probably wouldn't be able to see her very much. But she was very uh, receptive to that, and uh, we seen each other when we could. And as planting season went and had come and gone, we got to see more of each other, and then we got married that winter. For some reason, I always wanted to marry a farmer. I don't know why, but I did. One with a John Deere tractor. (laughs) Today, not only do Rob and Karen farm together and raise over 100 head of Black Angus cattle on their farm, but they have two kids, a -a two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, and Rob still farms with a John Deere tractor. I'm C.J. Miller.
Yeah, we're a couple days beyond Valentine's Day, but I thought that was still worth sharing. You can find romance anywhere, including the parts counter at your local implement. Coming up next, we will find Ryan Yonkman, Vice President with Everag. We had a little softer global trade situation for dairy this week. What's causing it? How long do we expect it to last? We're past the Super Bowl, so theoretically, dairy demand starts to shrink a bit. What does Ryan Yonkman think about that? He'll join us live in just a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. I look at this dairy cow, and again, it's the animal that I love. The things that this dairy cow can do and the way that she can produce milk, to me, there is no substitute for milk in the world. And to be able to keep cows and help cows produce that for people, to me, that's a privilege. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. For all of you that had your first date riding around the field in a tractor cab, this is the Midwest Farm Report. Glad to have you along with us on this Thursday morning. Again, as we said, there's winter weather advisories out there for a lot of our territory. Uh, Right now, the Madison area, we haven't got anything as far as snow, but it's a coming. If you're headed towards the Milwaukee area, probably want to give yourself some extra commute time. Let's talk about what's happening in the dairy industry as we roll our way through a Thursday. Ryan Yonkman, Vice President of EverAg, kind enough to join us this morning. Never lacking as far as uh, topics for conversation, Ryan. I want to start off with one that was kind of a headline on a lot of dairy sites earlier this week, and that is that we are still seeing an awful lot of our dairy animals uh, exit the herd. Uh, Maybe it's about feed costs, maybe it's production, maybe it's whatever, uh, that's we can't just snap our fingers and make those heifer replacements reappear. Though, what's what's going on out there from your perspective? Yeah, and good morning again for having me back. Um, kind of the perfect storm in regards to you know slaughter numbers, and um, you know we've been building the herd really up and through the end of last year, um, and then here the last few weeks we've got a few pieces of data that we're 
you know, that helped tell a little bit of a new story, one of which is replacement data came out from the heifer herd we knew was small and confirmed uh, it's the smallest herd we've had in, uh, I think, about 10 years. Um, but then on the flip side here, you talk about this slaughter data. Through the month of January, we slaughtered, uh, you know, over 270,000 animals, uh, which uh, on, a, on a month of January basis, most we've seen leave the herd in about 30 years. You know, that's uh, year over year up about 10% or so. And the storyline there is basically what you just described. It is one of which uh, we are looking at, you know, basically all-time feed, um, all-time high feed prices. Uh, we are mapping that now against a milk price that for much of last year, really all of last year, was, was an exciting thing to talk about. Uh, not the case anymore. We've had a massive correction uh, in the milk price with high 20s turning into um, high 17s. And so the margins on the farm we quickly slipping negative uh, to the point where even the milk over feed margin is at an extreme. Uh, we're not to 09 levels yet, um, but that relationship is nasty. Uh, caveat being, though, that I mean, while cattle prices are very, very good. Um, and so you've got a product mix there where if your barns are full of low productivity animals or you're just trying to cash flow uh, and procure what happened last year, a good year, uh, the slaughter avenue in our dispersals uh, looks pretty appealing. And we're seeing certainly strong, strong slaughter numbers, but we're also starting to see some of these for sale signs pop back up for some of these dairies that I think have been waiting for a good out. Um, and so a really interesting time here with very strong cattle prices, very strong feed prices uh, in a weak milk price. Ryan Yonkman's along with us, the vice president of EverAg, and talking a little bit about, uh, yeah, like you said, the dairy sales. I'm going to ask you to get a little closer to your microphone, Ryan, whether it's your computer or headset or whatever. It's hard to hear you. What about geog- geographic reference on cow number movement, dairies for sale? Is it? Across the United States, or are we still seeing pockets where between weather and water and price, it's uh, it's looking more attractive to get out? Yeah, there there is, a, I think, a line you can kind of draw uh, through the U.S. right now, and, and it really is everything. It's a bigger deal west of the Mississippi where resources are a much bigger problem. Uh, things uh, such as water and certainly feed um, on top of other regulatory issues. So when I look at it, I'm just looking at the most recent slaughter data, and you know, you've got Pacific Northwest up over 25%. You've got the West Coast up over 20%. Um, the Midwest was down on dairy cow slaughter. The, the Northeast was down. So we are seeing this activity be a lot stronger uh, west of the Mississippi, and, and it is for – you know, you call it unfair reasons or fair reasons. Uh, costs of production out there are just running much higher um, due to, frankly, the lack of feed and freight. And so we can see costs of production out west range anywhere from two to four dollars a hundredweight higher than you might see in the Midwest. And that is adding an extra valve of pressure uh, in those regions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the global picture. Uh, Ryan, because what's happening in the United States, you can see some of the same patterns around the world. I mean, one of the stories I'm fascinated by is the Netherlands, may, you know, putting huge money down to buy out dairies, and that's more for environmental reasons. Global dairy trade this week was a little softer than we expected. Was somebody missing, or is something else going on? 
Yeah, you know, um, up until really the the you know the Pulse auction we had this this week, which is the new auction they introduced. That's you know, there's the big auction biweekly, and then we get this Pulse, and it was negative. Um, we're just coming off a really nice rally here over the last month, where the Europeans basically oversold themselves. It's been a bit of a panic run lower out there, um, and so we've just seen. You know, through GDT and domestically, our class four price, you know, rallied almost a buck and a half in the last two weeks. So it was a really nice rally um, from low 18s back to basically 20 bucks. Um, and China had been present here for about a month. There, there's a good news caveat in there that we have seen the Chinese be present now for about a month uh, buying powders uh, in the global market. That said, we are still sitting in what feels like sell rallies mode, which is there is still just a little bit too much milk floating around and demand is still a little softer than it was last year. And it's that product mix that's made this dairy complex feel a little heavy. I think it's that product mix that uh, although Chinese have stepped in and caused a rally, it doesn't feel like it's got enough, enough gusto behind it just yet to really turn these markets and run. And so to us, this is a little bit of a, you know, a blow off top or short covering rally. Um, one that was more uh, about being sold uh, than the beginning of, of, say, a bull run. Uh, and so not too surprised by the action there, um, considering what had just happened prior uh, to this little downturn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing I've noticed is I think it was New Zealand and hmm, I won't come up with the other one. Global milk production in some regions is definitely slipping back too. Yeah, you know, it is um, when you when you try to make the bull case right now. There are some things that are certainly starting to slip through the cracks uh, that will that allow you to start to challenge how long milk prices, you know, can say be sub eighteen. Um, you know, domestically, we we talked about these slaughter rates. Uh, we had a milk production number in December where U.S. milk was only up 0.8. That was not a big number. That was well below forecast expectations. Um, we'd like to believe the theme we have here is one that could maybe be even bigger when you step overseas uh, because of some of these other incentive programs you've talked about where the governments are you know, stepping in and you know, even talking about buying herds out right, as they chase um, you know, carbon neutrality. Um, so, so there's age-old question of how quick will the dairy respond when margins get tight and usually the answer is it's got a long tail it takes a while there is a building group that thinks this is a different type of year uh, with with the lineup of some of these scenarios we've discussed especially with strong cattle prices that you know, not only the u.s but will the global dairymen respond quicker uh, to these margins and with some of the incentives around them 